Zanino. Middle, middle. That a boy. He, he, he got it. He, he it got deep. it. We're going he got home. it. Mike Zanino has <laughs> just walked off Minnesota. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Speed out there, pitch. Deep drive, left center field. Giddy up, baby! Go! A home run for Mitch Hanniger! everybody welcome to another episode of the soto mojo podcast this is colby patnode and i'm joined as always by ty gonzalez and uh ty do you think there's anything maybe we should discuss about the mariners uh no but i i think we should talk about the chiefs rams game last night right yeah totally i think that's what they want to hear and then after that we're going to talk a little bit about my fantasy football playoff schedule uh it's yep. a doozy but yeah. uh <laughs> no <laughs> Uh, in all seriousness, guys, um, obviously the big news of the day is the James Paxson trade. So on today's episode, we will break down the package that comes back to the Mariners, uh, what it means for 2019 and beyond. And then we'll take a quick uh, jump around the farm system and see uh, see how it's stacking up now after the Paxson trade. So um, I guess we'll just start right at the top. Um, James Paxson was traded to the New York Yankees yesterday. Uh, the Mariners in return get Justice Sheffield. Um, Eric Swanson, and Dom Thompson-Williams. Um, so, Ty, what do you think of the package? Um, did the Mariners get enough? Um, you know, uh, a lot of people have said this. At, at first glance, it seems a bit light. Um, but I think it uh, it's a bit indicative of um, what Jerry, uh, or how Jerry feels about Justice Sheffield. I think, um, you know, after reading uh, Brian Cashman's comments about how the Mariners wouldn't do the deal without Sheffield and how the Mariners wanted Forrest Whitley from the Astros, um, I think Jerry had his guy set in mind. Mm -hmm. He wanted a uh, long-term, high-quality starting pitcher coming back to him and um, and maybe sacrifice uh, a much more... um, significant quantity over quality type of package um to uh to get Sheffield and he still got two really nice players along with Sheffield but I think when you hear about um I think uh Churchill or uh Passon said uh you know they they had a couple of other offers on the table um that were more rich and um high higher rated um prospects that they passed up on, and I, I think that's because Sheffield was the guy. Um, they they needed to get better in the farm system for on the starting pitching side, and um, and they did. And they also get Eric Swanson, who's uh, who's got you know a ceiling as a three or a four, maybe a five 
could also be really good out of the bullpen. We'll get into him a little bit more later. And then Dom Thompson Williams, who you and I looked at during our uh, simulation uh, thing, uh, or at least I looked at a little bit as we were looking um, to possibly make a trade with the Yankees. And uh, yeah, you know, he's, he's made uh, some changes to his swing and his plate approach and now has suddenly become a five tool player with a pretty strong power tool. And um, yeah, that's, that's pretty exciting to, to, to see and, and to get back. And he was probably going to enter the Yankees top 30 going into 2019. Um, So for those of, uh, for those that are, you know, a bit upset that the Mariners only got two uh, ranked prospects with one of them being kind of towards the end, at least by pipeline standards and an unranked prospect. Um, I, I think that they, they did pretty, pretty good uh, for themselves in this deal. Yeah. Um, kind of my feel and understanding of the deal is, is that they did have offers that had a bit more quantity in the middle. Um but the Mariners really wanted a uh, a top end uh, guy, uh, so they turned down a few other offers that maybe could have netted them, you know, just in terms of using the ranks, like a top ninety ish prospect, and then like somebody in the top one twenty ish, and that type of more of a bulk buy. And uh, the Mariners said, no, we want impact um, at the top, and they were willing to sacrifice a little bit on the back end. Um, hence Justice Sheffield, who certainly has that impact potential that uh, they apparently want. But uh, it's also worth noting that while Eric Swanson uh, may not be like the sexiest name and probably one that most people haven't heard of, he was also a guy that we had looked at quite a bit. Um, we had him in our, our proposal to the Yankees for Paxton in the simulation. Um, I put him in the article I wrote about finding the trade fit between the Mariners and the Yankees. Um, he's, he's a very Jerry depoto type of guy, you know, above average control, uh, really good, really good fastball. He's got uh, two average, he's got two average off speed pitches. Um, he produced in the minors, uh, you know, 139 strikeouts and in 122 innings, only 29 walks, you know, he's a nice, he's a really nice piece. Um, and like you said, I, I think his ceiling is probably number four, but this is a guy who has touched 98 miles an hour with his fastball. Um, shows a good slide. I mean, we could be talking about like a David Phelps type of reliever. Um, yeah. And uh, that's, that's really valuable. That's a really valuable piece. Um, so I, I think they're going to give him every opportunity to be in the rotation. Um, but if he does end up having to go to the bullpen, He's probably going to be a high leverage multi inning guy. Um, that's that's a really good piece. And like you like you mentioned, um, Dom Thompson Williams, he might be my favorite player in this deal. Obviously, Sheffield's the uh, he's the headliner, rightfully so, and that's the guy that Mariners fans should be really excited about. But uh, DTW, as I'm going to call him from now on, um, he looks like a player, man. He's a really good athlete. Yeah. Uh, he got power. Um, you know, he there's still some swing and miss. Um, there's some questions about whether or not he'll hit enough to be in the majors, uh, an everyday guy in the majors. But I mean, 22 home runs, 20 stolen bases, a 299, 363, 546 slash line. Probably going to start the year in Double A. He's a really, really good athlete. 
A lot of scouts think he can be an above average center fielder defensively. Um, honestly, he reminds me a lot of uh, Jake Fraley, but yeah. the powers come a little bit more than Fraley has so far. Both I think of those guys pro are, comp for him is um, Aaron Hicks. Yeah, yep. That's that's the guy I came up with. Um, not the arm of Hicks. I mean, Hicks has one of the best arms in yep. baseball, but just in terms of athleticness, build, uh, power, I, I think there's something there. Um, and like you said, he's going to start the year in double A more than likely. Um, there's a chance he makes his debut in 2019, but more than likely he's a 2020 type of guy. Mm-hmm. Anytime you tell me that's the Mariners acquire somebody who hit 20, uh, 22 home runs and stole 20 bases and is a good defender across any level, I'm going to take notice of that guy. So I think the Mariners did pretty good. Um, now, would I have liked them to take more, maybe more of a uh, a balanced deal at the top and in the middle? Maybe. I mean, without knowing exactly who came and who went in those offers, it's hard to say. But I think they did pretty well. Um, I like the deal. Um, I, I I think for two years of James Paxson, who has the injury history, uh, they got a little bit. They got less than uh, Chris Archer. Yeah, uh, but they they got more than Sonny Gray, uh, so I, I like the deal. I was gonna hit on the the Archer thing because that that sure. was a um that was a deal that I compared to uh, to what I would like from uh, from a Paxson deal a couple times on the podcast, and you know I said that I would be happy if the Mariners got about seventy five percent about of what the the Rays got, and mm-hmm. while it's not. You know, like you said, balance and you know in the middle and at the top. But Sheffield is probably the best player out of all those players. Um, and you know, sacrificing uh, a little bit, you know, at the back end um, is fine because Sheffield is that good. And um, you know, getting someone like Swanson and getting someone like uh, DTW is, uh, you know, it's. Their pieces, you know, because let let's let's go back a couple of years ago to to the Mitch Haniger trade, right. um, or to the to you know Taiwan Walker Jane Segura trade. Mitch Haniger was what their twenty seventh ranked prospect. Yep, and a and a pretty mediocre Diamondback system. Mitch Haniger is an all star, you know, and just finished tenth in MVP voting. Yep. So you know. Uh, I I get why people get you know so caught up in third party um, prospect rankings and everything, but you know you got to trust um, your scouting department on these things. And I would rather have Dom Thompson Williams than um, someone that's ranked sixteenth in a farm system that may have just come off of a season slashing two twenty three oh one, you know. 375 right you know and, and and there's a lot of that in these prospect rankings i mean you know you'll have these guys that are highly rated but they're coming off of bad years or they haven't performed as well uh, at the professional level and really just they're, they're in these rankings for their namesake mm-hmm. um so i don't get too caught up in in third party uh rankings uh, I, I'll, I'll just go with uh, the judgment of uh, the actual ball club that knows about this stuff more than any of us do mm-hmm. and um, and just see where it goes. But I like it. I like the, uh, just taking the players and not 
seeing them for what their rankings say. Uh, I like. I, I think um, it's a really solid package. I'm I'm very impressed early on and um, excited. Right. Um, you know, you mentioned the rankings, and I just do want to say I think rankings are fun, uh, yeah. and I think there are some value to them. Uh, but they are not gospel people. I saw a bunch of people talking about how the Mariners got. They only got the number 22 prospect for the Yankees. Um, first of all, not every system is the same. So the 22nd prospect for the Mariners is not equal to the 22nd prospect for the Yankees. Second of all, a lot of these rankings, they use what the, they use what the teams that only tell them about them. So, yeah. like, for example, everything that a lot of these rankings, what they have on Kyle Lewis, is what Mariners scouts and front office guys have told them about Kyle Lewis. That doesn't mean anything. They're going to pump up their own guys because that's what you do. And, you know, and the other thing is, is that, you know, again, these are not got, these are not the gospel scouts make mistakes. Scouts, major league baseball scouts are probably the last people to admit they were wrong and the last people to adapt Um, because their job depends on being right. And their job is slowly becoming extinct, um, which is unfortunate because I do think there's value in actual, you know, scout, not just scouting box scores, obviously. Um, but their value to major league clubs is becoming less and less. Um, so they need to be right more and more. So when you read things like, oh, Sheffield can't control, he doesn't have control, he's going to end up in the bullpen. The dude is 22 years old, right? He's. He doesn't even have to pitch in the big leagues until 2020. Like, he's in no danger of going anywhere. The Mariners aren't trying to win this year. Um, Maybe not next year. We'll see. We'll talk about that later. But, you know, just because the guy struggles to throw strikes now doesn't mean he won't eventually. So when you hear all these scouts talking about, like, oh, well, you know, Sheffield's going to end up in the bullpen, and so is Swanson and Thompson and – you know, and Thompson Williams, he's just going to be a fringe guy. Those are their floors, all right? Because scouts always talk about their floor. And it's not just in baseball. You see it in other sports, too. But the general rule of scout is tell me what the guy can't do and then throw on a line at the end, well, if all of this clicks, then he'll be good. So that way I can say I'm right, you know. If the odds are overwhelming that a guy will fail in the big leagues, that's just so yeah. when you stick your neck out there for guys, uh, that's rare. So when when you hear somebody say, oh, Sheffield will never throw strikes, they're full of it. They don't know that at all. The guy is athletic. Um, he's got good. He's got a good work ethic from what I've heard. He's got two-plus pitches. Uh, he's got a pretty nice change-up to go with it. I mean, the guy can literally learn one pitch and become a number two starter. So – you got to remember is that when you read these things about scouts say this, scouts say that, A, that's their opinion, B, they're wrong a lot, and C, it just doesn't matter because you're not projecting what this player would be in the big leagues today. That's stupid. It doesn't make sense. So be wary of the prospect rankings. But like you said, I I agree with you. I think they did well. Um, Could they have done better? Maybe. But at the end of the day, they traded two years of Paxson for – 18 years combined of build Swanson and Dom Thompson Williams. And, you know, who knows, maybe Paxton comes back in a couple years. Um, they certainly left that door open. 
Um, so yeah, we'll see what they do, but overall I like the package. Yeah. And just quickly talking about how, you know, you said how bad the Mariners, uh, farm system has been, um, you know, and how that, you know, kind of compares to other systems, a deep one, like the Yankees, you know, Swanson went from 25th in the Yankee system to ninth in the Mariners system per pipeline. And Thompson Williams went from unranked to 14th in the Mariners system. So, you know, that, you know, if if we're really going to get upset about rankings, I mean, (laughs) there. Right. Let's talk about the farm system a little bit as we transition. Um, So obviously, Chef, Chef, the top really helps. Um, Mm. For me, uh, the website will come out with prospect ranks. Um, It'll either be me or maybe a group uh, group effort with a few other writers. But uh, on my personal rank, Sheffield is number one in the Meredith Farm System, and it's not really that close. Um, He's kind of the number one guy. Um, After that, you know, there's probably, I would say there's probably four guys who you can argue at as number two. Um, those being Kyle Lewis, Evan White, uh, Julio Rodriguez, and Logan Gilbert. Um, and then, you know, you kind of get into the area where it's really, you know, pick your flavor type. But, uh, you know, looking at the farm system today, after this trade, um, I would say that it's trending up um, and with the potential to get much better, uh, depending on other deals. So what do you think of the farm system now with Sheffield and the other guys added? And do you like the direction it's going? Uh, yeah, I love the direction that it's going. I think um, they have a lot of players that are pretty exciting and are kind of flying under the radar a bit. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, they have a lot of outfielders. Yeah. Jesus, they have a lot of outfielders in their farm system. <laughs> and a lot of good ones, too, that you know mm-hmm. you should be excited about. But, um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I like where it's going. I think the addition of Sheffield kind of takes them out of the cellar for farm systems. I think it now puts them maybe top 25. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not embarrassingly bad <laughs> anymore. Right. Um, yeah, I think, you know, and, and just hearing uh, your rankings, uh, yeah, for sure. Sheffield is um, far and above the, the number one guy. Uh, I think Julio Rodriguez is probably the second best uh, prospect right now. I would uh, <clears throat> I would say that um, if I had to do my rank, I would probably end up putting Rodriguez second. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, you know, a guy that you didn't mention, Braden Bishop, you know, he's coming yeah. off of the arm fracture. Uh, he's been really good in the minors, and he's also just an all-around great guy. So, um, and we and we'll probably see him at some point this season, especially now that he's been added to the forty-man roster. God, I hope so. Yeah. So, uh, that's that's pretty exciting. Um, but yeah, man, they they have a lot of outfielders. Just looking at them: Kyle Lewis, uh, Josh Stores, Julio Rodriguez, Braden Bishop. Um, Dom Thompson Williams, you know, Jake Fraley, Eric Falia, Ian Miller, they they got a lot of guys. And um you know, having having a lot of options, especially in the outfield, and you know, the outfield is a uh, hard place to find talent. And uh having a lot of options there is never a bad thing. But um we're gonna see 
you know, we're going to see what a lot of these guys are made of uh, this year, especially if uh, they're punting 2019, which, you know, we'll we'll talk about more in a second. But, you know, if that if that's kind of the, the plan, they're going to they're going to figure out what they have in a lot of these guys. You know, Kyle Lewis is probably going to be uh, with the Mariners at some point this year. Um, like I said, we'll probably see Braden Bishop. We'll probably see Evan White. Um, you know, and Jerry Depoto has mentioned that these guys are likely to uh, appear at some point this year. So uh, it's exciting, and um, you know, because this is this is kind of the time where you know maybe uh, someone comes up and they uh, they transcend their pre- uh, their projections, uh, or um, you know, they 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 um, back up. You know, or they they were worth the hype, you know, mm-hmm. surrounding them, and um, you know, it's it. The Mariners haven't really had uh, this kind of opportunity in a long time, right. and uh, especially where they're they're having a bulk of young, of their young players, um, kind of become an MLB ready all at the same time, right, and. Uh, yeah, they, they, you know, if they can hit on a couple of these guys, that's going to be huge for them uh, going forward. And I think with the amount of players that they have, I think uh, they should, uh, they should at least get, you know, one or two of these guys to to actually be, uh, to be um, contributors for them. You know, whether that's mm-hmm. as like a superstar level or just you know, kind of a rotational type of piece, um, it's, mm-hmm. uh, you know. There's a lot of opportunity there. Right. Uh, I think uh, probably the team to watch, if you're looking for like a, a minor league baseball TV type of thing, might be Arkansas. Yeah. I think I think Kyle Lewis will start in double-A. I think Evan White will start in double-A. Um, you know, Stowers maybe has a chance there after the all-star break. Um, Wyatt Mills will probably start in triple-A. Uh Dom Thompson Williams will probably start there. Uh, Eric Philia, uh, Art Warren, if they decide to protect him, maybe Joey Gerber. You're talking about uh, Jake Fraley, probably. Uh, I mean, the Double A team is going to be stacked with really exciting guys to watch. Um, and yeah, you know, we didn't even talk about like the real lottery tickets in the Mariners farm system, like uh, Sam Carlson and uh, Noel V. Marte. Yep. And uh, like Juan Caracuto, I mean, there's some really high upside guys. Um, Carlson, we'll see how he does coming back from uh, from Tommy John. There's a chance he doesn't pitch in 2019, um, but at 19 years old, I mean, better safe than sorry. Uh, Marte and uh, uh, Noel V's probably going to play in the uh, uh, Venezuelan League or Dominican League, mm-hmm. uh, the same league that he has played in. Um, Caracuto might find his way up to, uh, to a ball this year. And there's just a lot of really exciting pieces, um, for the Mariners. Um, and yeah, I, I really don't get the people who have said that Jerry like wrecked the farm system or whatever. It's like, he didn't have anything to start with. And I, it's, it's because they look at the ranks and they say, Oh, look at how high Tyler O'Neill and Luis Gohara were. And he traded them and he didn't, whatever, you know? Yeah. It's like I really it like matter. the only prospect that I look at and you know wish maybe he he held on to was uh, Nick Nider, but yep. after that you know I'm not um you know like the the guys like Peralta and De Los Santos those are lotto ticket guys you know you never know and mm-hmm. 
at the time of the deal, it, it, they felt very insignificant. You know, trading uh, Peralta for uh, Peralta was in the Adam Lund deal, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you know, you look at that, and you look at the Joaquin Benoit uh, deal and all that. Right. Uh, who cares? Right. And you know, it just you know, I would agree. Losing Nider uh, hurts, but if D Gordon was was what he was in April and May for an entire season, you yeah. wouldn't really care. Yeah. You know, guys like, you know, oh, he traded Christopher Torres and Ray and Hernandez or whatever for, um, David Phelps. Yeah. And, oh, that busted out. Well, brain Hernandez didn't hit again, you know, and Christopher Torres is still two, three years away. Um, if he even makes it, uh, so it's just, you know, he hasn't like the biggest prospect he's traded. It was Tyler O'Neill mm. and he won that trade. I mean, or yeah. at the very least he didn't lose it. Um, yeah. like Luis Gahar, people love to bring up that dude was not going to work in Seattle. <laughs> he was refusing to listen to instruction from coaches. He had no interest in coming to Seattle. He had a weight problem. He wasn't working on. He was just a problem, so you had to get rid of him. Yeah. And by the way, despite the high prospect ranks, he hasn't done jack poo. He was terrible in 2018. He was awful in AAA and in the majors. He was bad. Yeah. So what are you really missing? But anyways, yeah, I, I'd say the farm system is on the way up. I think um, we'll see if they make any more trades from their major league roster, but I think a good draft class. Um, may put them in the top uh, near the top twenty, um, and if they make a few moves of their major league talent, they could find their way into the top uh, inside the top twenty, uh, which would be a pretty drastic change in a year. But I, I I think the Mariner system is a little underrated, to be honest. So yeah. But uh, anyways, uh, speaking of uh, possible trades in twenty nineteen uh, or this off season at least, um, you know. Jerry DePoto came out and he acknowledged that uh, we are going to take a step back in 2019. Um, before he had kind of hinted that maybe it was possible. Um, now with the Paxson trade, it seems, uh, you know, there's no reason to fake it. Uh, that's what they're doing. Um, so if the team is taking 2019 off, um, essentially, mm -hmm. uh, they're not winning is not the number one priority in 2019. How does that uh, change kind of the offseason outlook to you? Um, I think it remains the same because they they clearly see that their window is going to reopen a year later in 2020. That's what DePoto said. What's that? They think it will. Yeah. Um, they don't know. That's what they're going off of. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if that's their plan, I don't think that um, – you know, it's just a fire sale, and they're not really going to add any significant talent this year, et cetera. I, I think, you know, it's still, it, it's still going to be that healthy dose of, you know, major league talent, um, controllable, young, um, and you know, they'll they'll pick and choose um, in free agency, you know, who kind of fits uh, the mold of the team that they want to build this year. But I, I think it doesn't really change a whole lot. Uh, in terms of like where we were projecting them, especially like last podcast, 
mm-hmm. and just kind of uh, looking at how, you know, uh, looking at the difference between reimagining the roster versus rebuilding the roster. Right. Um, so, you know, th- this trade and, and DePoto's comments, they, you know, we knew that they weren't going to um, compete for a World Series this year. That's not a shock to us. So really, you know, even if they're taking a step back, you never know what could happen in the American League. This is still a pretty good team where they stand. You know, they're not too far off from where they were last year. Um, right. So, you know, a couple pieces here and there. I could see them being competitive and being in the wild card hunt this year without even really trying. Um, again, because you just, you don't really know. But, um, but yeah, you know, I, I think it's... I. It's it's nice to finally hear that, um, you know, like a Mariners front office and Mariners ownership, you know, signing on to, you know, admitting defeat and admitting mm-hmm. like, we're not going to win this year. Yeah, it's it's not going to happen. We need to take a step back. We need to uh, get what we can for these guys that are probably going to leave us in, right. you know, a year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, or these guys, you know, we don't really see them helping us for the future. And that, and that's how they viewed Mike Zanino. And, you know, James Paxton does help a team greatly, way more than Mike Zanino does, I believe. But, but you know, Paxton was you know, two years away from free agency. And with how, how much teams spend on starting pitching, they had an opportunity there to get one of the better prospects in baseball. They, you know, they absolutely had to take that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I moving mean, forward, um, you know, I, I still think that the uh, this team um, has a lot of potential, uh, even as soon as this year's, you know, depending on what they do um, in the free agency and, you know, with the rest of the trades, but more so 2020. You know, they they just uh, traded Paxson, who was probably scheduled to make around twelve to fifteen million dollars next year. You know, they're going to get Felix off of the books. They're going to get uh, Nicasio off of the books. That's you know pretty much forty eight to fifty one million dollars uh, in freed up payroll just from those three players. Plus, Zanino was probably going to make about six, six yeah, or seven. Plus, yeah. So you know. Right, and some so, some of that will will be eaten up by uh, like other arbitration guys, but yeah, um, really the interesting thing is is that most of the team is either out of arbitration, they have guaranteed contracts, or they're pre arb and will enter arbitration year one starting after twenty nineteen. So their their salaries will still be really low. Yeah, yeah, because it's not like Mitch Haniger is going to hit arbitration and suddenly make seventeen million dollars. You know. No. Uh, so they're, they're, they're in a really good spot right now. And, you know, free agency is, uh, going to be, uh, pretty decent next year. They'll, they'll have money to spend. They'll have money to add players through trade as well. Maybe take on a contract or something like that, depending on, you know, where they view themselves and what kind of player it is. Um, but you know, they, they'll have the money to compete for the, for the big names. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think that they'll they'll even get into the conversation for like Chris Sale, but maybe Paul Goldschmidt is a possibility. Sure, you know, yeah, and so you never know. Uh, but 
the fact that they have money to spend, that's nice. The fact that they're getting younger is nice. Um, I do think that uh, they have an opportunity here to uh, meet that window that they they see themselves uh, heading towards. Right. Um, you know, I, personally, I'm not a huge fan of this whole, you know, a one year quick rebuild type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I think so much can go. But if that's the direction they're choosing to go, then like you said, you have to trade James Paxson because I, I saw a lot. Well, why not keep Paxson and just, you know, not try to win in 2019? You really can't do that because if you're not trying to win in 2019 and you're saying it's 2020 is the year we're going to win, then you have James Paxson for one year. Mm-hmm. Well, what if you don't win in 2020? Then you're going to trade what Paxson at the deadline for half of what you got for him right now. I mean, it, it's just, it's not worth it. You had to, if you're not going to win in 2019, then anybody who is going to leave either after 2019 or even after 2020 really needs to be on the trade block. Um, yeah. So guys like D. Gordon, uh, Alex Colomay, Mike Leak, um, you know, these are all guys that probably need to be moved if you're not trying to win in 2019. Um, now, you could, there's a, good chance you can move all those guys in July and get close to what you would get now. Or in the case of D Gordon, you might get more than you would get now because maybe he hits and all of a sudden his values restored a little bit. Um, and plus his salary will be lessened because you'll have already paid, you know, 25% of it by then. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I'm not really a huge fan of this little tiny quick turnaround. Um, We'll see what happens. I certainly would like to see, um, you know, in 2020, I would like to see Evan White and Kyle Lewis um, and Braden Bishop and Justice Sheffield. I would like to see these guys all on the major league roster and kind of use 2020 as kind of a stepping stone. Maybe you take a step forward for 2021. Maybe you don't and you just keep going with this. Um, But we'll see. Uh, Like I said, I'm skeptical, but I, it's a direction that they've said they're going. And honestly, I'm just happy that they have picked a direction. It may not have been the direction I would pick, but I think, you know, at least they're not wandering around aimlessly trying to, you know, find something that works. They have a stated goal. Um, I think really, you know, a a big part of this hinges upon what I was talking about earlier was, you know, can they hit on Kyle Lewis or Evan White or Braden Bishop? You know, these guys, that's a big part of, if they can meet their window that they've set for themselves, because if, you know, let's say that Kyle Lewis, you know, maybe, you know, maybe he's struggled this entire time in the minor leagues, but he gets to the majors and he figures it out. And, you know, he, he becomes what you thought you had in him, you know, and obviously he'll be, you know, a corner outfielder and that's not exactly what your plan was initially for him, but that's fine. You know, as long as he comes up and he hits and he plays solid defense, you know, um, that helps in, you know, and, you know, not having to pay money to get yourself a left fielder or pay money to get yourself a short, you know, because that's what these teams that compete for a World Series do. They hit on their young guys. And some of them are guys that weren't in these prospect rankings that everyone you know, worships. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got it. You have to 
you have to uh, hit on these guys. If not, you can't, unless you're the Yankees or the Red Sox, you cannot build a championship team out of just free agency or out of trades. You have to hit on some of these guys. And if they can't, then, you know, it's going to be another five years or ten years until, you know, they they truly can compete because it's just, it's not going to happen through, you know, acquisitions and transactions. It's, it it has to be the guys that they've, they've drafted, you know, because you can get nice pieces and trades, but they don't have a lot of nice pieces to trade. You know, they got, you know, I'm sure Edwin Diaz will be traded at some point in time. I don't think he'll be a Mariner for his entire career, but, you know, depending on what you get there, I, you know, you even then, like, you still have to get some sort of production out of Evan White or Kyle Lewis or Braden Bishop or Josh Storrs or Noel V. Marte or Julio Rodriguez or Logan Gilbert. You know, some of these guys, they, they, they just have to come through. And so that, you know, they're going to find out on a, on a lot of these guys relatively soon. And it's yeah. scary, but it's exciting at the same time. Right. Eventually, you have to be right on somebody. Yeah. And... Eventually, you have to be wrong for the right reasons, which is, you know, hey, we thought this guy was going to be X, and then this happened, and now all of a sudden he's X plus five. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes you have to underestimate a guy and have him explode. And you mentioned the Yankees and the Red Sox. Even they have built a large portion of their teams through their own minor league drafting. Exactly. Exactly. Mookie Betts, yeah, Mookie Betts is a Red Sox. So is Raphael Devers, you know. Aaron Judge is a Yankee. I mean, really, a lot of that, a lot of those groups are. Yeah, when you look at the, the, yeah, when you look at the Sox, you look at Bogarts, you look at Ben Attendee, mm-hmm. you look at Jake, Jackie Bradley Jr. You know, mm-hmm. those guys are homegrown, and if Kyle Lewis or Evan White or someone like that can be that kind of guy for you, that's huge, and and in helping you make that window, because then let's say let's say that Kyle Lewis comes up in 2019, like. July or August. Mm-hmm. Now, let's say he has some sort of, you know, breakout uh, two months, right? And yeah. he basically solidifies himself as your starting left fielder in 2020. That's right. huge because now it allows you to be like, okay, I feel more comfortable in spending the money that we just got from Felix or Nicasio, et cetera, and, at, and building around this core that right. I don't feel entirely lost or i don't feel confused about how to actually construct this roster in 2020 right so you know that that's that's a big 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 thing that that that's a big storyline that's going to follow this team this year is can these guys because they're all kind of coming up at once can they hit on at least one or two of these guys yeah uh A lot of the Mariners, uh, you know, their consensus, like, top 10 or 12, I think eight of them will start at double-A or higher. Um, So, I mean, it's really an interesting group to watch. Uh, And we'll see, you know, um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, This is why I'm not a huge fan of the one-year rebuild, because if it doesn't happen in one year, you may have screwed yourself for another three or four. but, you know, we'll see. Um, like you mentioned, we'll see what they do in free agency and all that stuff. 
Um, I would certainly think that this would rule them out for guys like Charlie Morton. Um, anybody who's any of the big name relievers, they're not going to sign those guys. You know, in fact, I, I can only think of one um, one big time free agent that still makes sense for the Mariners, given their stated goal. And uh, Ty, I know you know who I'm talking about. So why don't you go ahead and tell them who it is? Yeah, so that's you say Kikuchi. Yep. I believe he's the only starting pitching free agent on the market that's actually pretty good that's in their 20s. Sure. Um, and, uh, you know, he's 27. You get him for pretty cheap. Uh, I would assume that it's going to be a backloaded deal no matter where he goes. Mm-hmm. Um, probably laden with options towards the end. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, Kikuchi makes a lot of sense. Um, he kind of projects to be that three to, you know, four kind of guy that, you know, has been the Kinta Maeda type or, um, Tanaka type, you know, Tanaka's, Tanaka has been a little bit better than that, but, um, yeah, he, (laughs) he makes a lot of sense for this team. He really does. And he fits their window. He's still young. They don't really need him to be a world beater this year and um i think i think it makes sense i think it makes sense i i think that the you know the japanese connection with the with seattle has been a bit overblown over the last few years you know it certainly hasn't helped them (laughs) what it certainly hasn't helped them land any of these guys so yeah yeah because you know we've uh, we've seen the mariners link to uh tanaka and maeda and of course otani and they haven't come up with any of them. Um, right. So that might be uh, the you know the same situation here with Kikuchi, but it makes a lot of it probably makes more sense than any of those other guys did. Sure. Um, really, because I mean, of course, Otani makes sense for any team, but right. Uh, Kikuchi, right now, just given the circumstances in which the Mariners are in, if they're going to make a big splash in free agency this year at all, uh, that's going to be the guy because. You know, like I said, he's young. Um, he's got a lot of potential. Um, strikes out a lot of guys. Um, doesn't walk a lot of guys. It's he's got a he's right. got a nice be- profile because he doesn't have a major league track record. Record. He's going to be cheaper yeah. than other guys. He's t- twenty seven. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of people are kind of putting him in that five to six year range at about sixty million dollars, give or take. The Mariners can easily swing that, um, especially if they backload the contract. Um, he fits their window, even if it doesn't happen in 2020. Um, he fits their window. He's probably a number three-ish type. Yeah. Um, with a little bit of upside for more. Uh, he just he just fits so well um, that I'd be surprised if they didn't take a, uh, a pretty serious run at him. Um, but, you know, just because, you know, they're not going to go after Bryce Harper or anything like that, doesn't mean they still won't be active in free agency. You still have to fill out a 25-man roster. Um, and there are guys that make sense. Um, just they're not they're not big-name guys. You know, like uh, maybe you probably need a catcher, and if you're not going to find one in free agency, going and getting Robinson Chirinos on a one-year deal while you wait for DiCarlo or whatever, um, or you wait until you're try- still trying to find your catcher of the future or whatever. 
you know, guys like that on one year deal, maybe a couple of relievers who you hope you can flip in July. Um, even if a team is doing a five year rebuild, they still need to be active in free agency. Look for value. That way you have pieces to trade um, in July. So um, I don't think the Mariners are going to be super active in free agency, but they'll make a few moves. Uh, yeah. They're not going to just, you know, stop. And obviously, you know, Jerry DePoto is not done yeah. uh, tweaking this roster. There's no way. Uh, it's not even Thanksgiving yet. And he's maybe traded his two best pieces that he would likely trade. Um, I still think he needs to trade Diaz. Um, I still th- don't think he will, but I think he should. Um, I think, like, if you're asking me who's the next, you know, big piece to be traded, I would guess Alex Colomay. Yeah. Um, And honestly, at two years of control, he's a really nice piece. I still think our idea of the Colomay for like a Jose Martinez type still makes a lot of sense because that's a pre-arb guy who fits in your window um, at a position of need. So I think think Colomay is probably the next guy to go. Um, Yeah. It it was interesting that... uh, the report came out, I believe it was Rosenthal, um, who tweeted that the Mariners or the Yankees asked about uh, Gene Segura trying to get Segura and Paxson in the deal. Um, that's interesting. I, I think if Machado goes elsewhere, I think they probably circle back to the Mariners and ask about Segura. And uh, Segura would get them a really nice package. Um, you know, so. Plus, they've already had these talks about players the Mariners like. That's a deal that could come together pretty quickly um, if Machado signs elsewhere and if Gene Segura is even willing to waive his no-trade clause. Um, which which isn't maybe after the clubhouse fight, he would be. Right. Um, but, you know, he he loves Robinson Cano, considers him to be like a, an older brother. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, I, I think you definitely listen on him again i don't think the mariners are going to trade him Uh, i don't think they'll trade diaz um i kind of hope they trade both of them but that's more consistent with a you know three to five year rebuild and the mariners seem pretty dead set on trying to make this a quick turnaround so um we'll see what happens there yeah so um you know just going back uh to free agency real quick Sure. Um, just looking at some other names that they could possibly target. Um, the only really other big name I could see them going after uh, would be someone like um, Yasmani Grandal, perhaps. But other than that, I, I don't I don't really see it. Um, I just I think this year you're just going to see a lot of one year deals. Um, sure. Got you know guys that they like you said hope they uh, they can flip at the deadline. Which, you know, a lot of those guys, you know, that that, that gets you some pretty nice pieces. Um, you know, uh, Rich Hill was one of those guys that did that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's possible. Uh, but, um, yeah, well, you know, it's still, even though that they've said that they're going to take a step back, it's still kind of hard to gauge what they're planning to do and how they're planning to fill out this roster specifically. So until right. we actually see a move to supplement a position that they've subtracted from, um, I don't know if it's if we're going to easily be able to tell uh, 
kind of what their um their motive is here right um you know i suppose it's worth noting that at his uh his conference call after the chef Beal trade depoto didn't slam the door shut on the idea of trading, uh trading edwin diaz uh mitch hanniger and marco gonzalez um he said he would have to be blown away which is what you want him to say i mean those are three really valuable pieces. Um, <clears throat> I just I don't like this idea that because Diaz has uh, because he has four years of club control left, that means that he should automatically be part of the rebuild. I mean, in those four years, he's likely to throw less than three hundred innings for you. And if you're not trying to win this year, then why does it matter? You have plenty of you have plenty of relief prospects. I just there's no point in having the best closer in baseball if you're not trying to win the year that you have him. You know, Perhaps so, a, a sneaky option to supplement um, Diaz would be Eric Swanson. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> you know Joey Gerber uh, is another possibility. He's real close. But if you're not trying to win in 2019, and your concern is well, who closes in 2019? My answer is who the hell cares? Yeah. What difference does it make? And if I can get, look at what James Paxson just got and realize that Edwin Diaz is going to be worth at least 50% more than that, at yep. least. Um, so you want to talk about jump starting a rebuild and you could even get guys who are either young major leaguers or really close to the big leagues like Sheffield um, in deal in a deal for Diaz. You probably get two of them um, as well as a few lottery tickets. So, um, you know, if the merit, I, I like that the Mariners have picked a direction. I don't like the direction they picked, but overall I'm happy that they have just apparently pointed their wagon one way. Um, like I, said, I really hope Edwin Diaz is the next piece that gets traded. Uh, I doubt it happens. Um, but, you know, you never know. Um, hopefully a team comes and blows Jerry away. Um, if not, I would like Colome is probably next. Uh, Mike Leake. Uh, but again, those are both guys who you could trade in July and get pretty close to the value you would get now. So it might not be worth it to Jerry to do that. But uh, I, I certainly feel comfortable in saying that Jerry has not made his last major trade. Um, as for who it is, we'll just wait and see. But uh, overall, I'd say the Mariners, as an organization, got better today. Um, as a 25-man roster, they got worse. And that's okay. Yeah. So, and, uh, uh, yeah. I, I, you know, on the DS front, I think he's yeah. just, I think he's playing his cards close to his fest. You know, I, I don't think, uh, I think he knows what he's doing. I think he, I think he recognizes that, you know, Diaz isn't as necessary to this rebuild as, uh, some people want to make him out to be. Um, Jerry's a realist. He, he understands that. Um, I, I don't doubt that for a second. I, I just think that, you know, he, he's waiting for a team to, to come along and really give him that, that package that is very similar to the one that the Yankees got for Chapman, you know. Um, should be better than that, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, and it should. But I think he's waiting for that, you know, because I'm sure there's been offers made, but they've probably load-balled him. And, um, you know, or right. maybe... You know, because Diaz is a guy that you need to get greedy on. And, 
you know, he, I don't, I don't think he should just ship him to ship him. Uh, no. Even if, even if he is given a pretty nice package, uh, he needs to do better. He needs to get a, an elite package back for, for Diaz. Right. Um, I, I don't doubt that Jerry would do it. I do doubt whether this ownership group would let him do it. Um, you know, but again, he, they did let him trade James Paxton. So maybe they're open to it. I don't know. I, I feel like if Diaz is going to get dealt, we'll start to hear chatter around uh, the second or third day of the winter meetings. Uh, that's such a significant trade. It feels like, you know, a lot of the legwork would have to be done in person. Uh, and that would be at the winter meetings, which I think are three weeks from today or something like that. Yeah. Um, let me look that up real fast. Uh, but yeah, I, so I, I don't think you'll hear much buzz about it now. Uh, but once the winter meetings start, um, then I think I think you might start to hear some of that pick up. Um, let's see. The winter meetings start on December 9th. Um, so that is, yeah, that's actually, a, yeah, that is three weeks from today. Yep. Or uh, so, three weeks from Sunday. So, yeah, that's. I, th- I think you'll see a lot of stuff get done there. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I said, we'll see. I, I, I would still say that <clears throat> I would still say that the best player that the Mariners that I think the Mariners could actually trade is Gene Segura. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, I think we'll see. I, I, you know, I. It's hard to to really um, figure out what they're going to do and what their plan is. Sure. Um, Sure. Still, even after uh, trading Paxton, because you know things can change quickly in an off season too. Um, plans change all the time, um, you know. So the, until until we really see how this uh, team looks heading into uh, you know after the new year, um, you know, I, I don't I don't know if we can really uh, judge the direction just yet and. You know, after until they make a few more moves, because like you said, you know the 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 twenty five man roster got worse, but it didn't get that much worse, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. Um, we'll see what their plan is. Um, but I think uh, I think a big part of it is kind of what they do at catcher. Um, if it's just some one year guy, then I think you know um, all the. Uh, all attention is turned to to uh, you know the future, but uh, if they if they were to go after someone like a Grandal, you know they they might be competitive this year, and you know not competitive for a World Series, of course, but you know they might be in it a little bit for uh, you know the wild card or something. Yeah, but wouldn't uh, wouldn't hold my breath on that. No, um, one other thing I would say that this trade pretty much shuts the door on a uh, Nelson Cruz return. Yeah, um, definitely. Especially after Jerry's comments yesterday on the radio. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to bring back Cruz on anything more than a one-year deal. And yeah. now, if you're not going to win in 2019, a one-year deal doesn't make any sense. So, uh, you know, it's unfortunate. Uh, I think we all kind of realized that that was a possibility. And as the offseason wore on, we all kind of came to a, the realization that it's probably uh, it was probably inevitable. Um, yeah. But I would say that this pretty much... Uh, shuts the door on that. So 
Um, I think that uh, I think that's going to do it. So uh, the Mariners, you know, they trade James Paxton. They do pretty well in the return. Uh, off the uh, off season, still young. Jerry has plenty of time uh, to continue to make deals. We'll see if he trades Diaz. Um, I'd say probably not. I think he should, but he probably won't. I think uh, Alex Colomay is probably next. Um, and you know. Like I said, we'll see. We'll see what we'll see what happens. Uh, I think 2019 is going to be a very interesting year, um, whether they say they're trying to win or not. I, I think it'll be a fun year, yeah. um, and we'll see what he does for the rest of the off season. So, uh, Ty, you have any uh, final thoughts before we sign off? Well, yeah, just in terms of 2019, um, you know, it's the thing that I said last year uh, when we did our first podcast before the season was just be fun. You know, that's all that's all I really want. Um, and that's, you know, those are my expectations for this year as well, just as they were going into last year. Um, I just want to have fun watching this team. And I think that they're going to be a lot more fun than uh, or they have uh, the potential to be a lot more fun than um, they've been over the last couple of years because of the, the different storylines that are going on right now, um, because they finally have. Uh, promising young talent uh, on the horizon um, that you know may change the future outlook of this uh, of this ball club moving forward, and um, it could you know significantly shift one way or another uh, what specifically they're going to do um, in 2020 and 2021. So yeah, so I, you know, as for 2019, I don't I don't see them competing. Um, uh significant for anything significant perhaps they'll, they'll be in the conversation for for the second wild card you know anything can happen but you know that's not their goal um jerry you know even said yesterday they're they're not looking to build a team to compete for the second wild card they're looking for a team to compete for a world series and i appreciate that and they do have a really good opportunity ahead of them um i think 2020 or 2021 is a nice window to have uh, it's just, you know, this is a, a really complicated, um, you know, way of going about it. And uh, it's going to be pretty hard for them to pull off. But, you know, if, if any general manager can do it, it's likely Jerry DePoto, um, you know, because of just how active he is and how he doesn't like to sit on his hands uh, at any point in time. Um, but we'll, uh, you know, it's a, it's a lot of wait and see. Uh, and, they still got a, a lot of stuff to do this off season and um, we'll see kind of how the pieces fit and uh, yep. yeah, but they have a nice opportunity. And, you know, another thing not to be uh, overlooked is the Astros are probably going to get a lot worse over the next couple of years. Yep. And, um, you know, uh, Keichel and Morton might be gone this year. Um, Garrett Cole and Verlander uh, and Verlander are, going to at least field offers next year. Um, You're going to have to start playing, paying Correa and Bregman soon. Yeah. So, you know, and as we saw uh, in the off season or in the postseason um, last month, the, the Astros are beatable. Um, even the Mariners won their season series against the Astros somehow. Yeah. The, the window for the Astros is definitely closing. Um, you know, the Mariners, pretty much right now trying to prop up their window with a toothpick and yeah. uh, we'll, we'll see if they can do it. 
Um, but if they can prop it, if they can keep it open long enough, um, they might be able to burst through while the Astros are down. Um, but we'll see. Like I said, I'm, I'm just happy they picked a direction, um, even if it's not a direction that I uh, I personally would take. But yeah. it, it it is a plan, and you know, kind of based on what's been happening in the last two, three, five, ten, seventeen years, it's nice to have a plan. <laughs> yeah. That. Uh, that you could at least conceivably see working. So uh, we'll we'll see what uh, what happens the rest of the off season. But uh, I'm excited to watch what happens. Um, you know, and I'm I'm really just hopefully uh, March can't get here soon enough. I guess uh, regardless of who's on the team, I'm really excited to watch Mariners baseball. Um, so that'll do it for us here at the Soto Mojo Podcast. Um, you know, thank you guys for listening. Uh, be sure to uh, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already uh you can join our discord by clicking the link down below it'll take you it'll give you an invite um you can join us there uh really like to build up that community um so don't be afraid to hop in and uh, get the conversation going you can follow us on twitter at sotomojo.com we're also uh we also are also on facebook and instagram uh just search sotomojo and you'll find us um you know, be sure you guys read the content so at uh, sotomojo.com as well. We have some really good stuff for the James Paxson trade. Um, and soon we'll uh, shift our focus to what's next. And uh, I, I think there's going to be some really good stuff coming out. Um, so, yeah, make sure you guys do all that. Uh, this is Colby Patno, the site uh, for signing off for now. And I'll see you guys in another life. Peace. And this is where I put a trophy. If I had one. Sorry. What's the happy? But the happy's